Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood Podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen. And this week, we take a deep dive into the Lynx offseason. With uh, the offseason fully underway, um, the 2023 season behind us, we take a look back to the 2023 season, look ahead to the offseason, and look ahead to next season. And there's no better person, um, no better better way to to break down um, everything that the Lynx are, are trying to do, what they have done, what they hope to do, than the one and only Cheryl Reeve, who is the head coach and president of basketball operations of the Minnesota Lynx. Um, Cheryl's always been been great to myself, been been great to talk to, um, and it was great chatting with her this week to to kind of talk about, like I said, a little bit of everything when it comes to the Lynx, what took place during the 2023 season, what they're going to build on um, this off season, what they might try to do this off season, and then in return, what uh, what the, the team might you know what what the team wants to do in 2024. So it was a a great sit down with Cheryl. I appreciate her taking some time to to sit down and do the one on one interview with me. So without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast with the one and only Cheryl Reeve. Hey, Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mitchell. It's a beautiful day here in Minneapolis. It is. I, I, I'm I'm knocking on every piece of wood I can find, but hopefully we don't have <laughs> snow. I, I know a couple of years ago, we already had snow on the ground at this time of the year. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking, soaking it all in as, as we can before, before the white stuff starts flying. Well, that's going to be a nice long fall. Beautiful <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I, I appreciate you joining. Um, I, I, you know, I, I talked to you a little bit before we started recording here that um, just kind of wanted to take a look back at the, the year that was um, and, and also look ahead to the off season, look ahead to next season. Um, so I, I, I guess we'll just start um, with, with, you know, the 2023 season. I know at the beginning um, when we had your, your media availability, availability at the beginning of the year, you had talked about how how this year was was going to be a, focused on the long game, was focused on development. Um, throughout the year, did did that change at all? Did that you know did that shift at all with with anything that you saw, or maybe the results that that took place? Did or was that that kind of the common theme throughout the year? Well, I think that's probably what uh, as a staff we're we're most um, pleased about with during the course of the season that you know we had stated goals and and, and sometimes when you get in the thick of things. Uh, you know, th- those goals can, can shift and, you know, you can, you can, you know, maybe uh, have reasons for wanting to do something different, but well, what we really were committed to uh, one of the first things coming out of the gates, what we really talked about uh, that we had the number two pick for a reason. And that player uh, was going to get a tremendous opportunity uh, with our organization. And, and that we were very, very committed to that uh, as we you know inserted her into the starting lineup and, um, and I think, you know, with the evolution of Dorka Juhas, uh, largely as a result of the opportunity that presented itself uh, because of some injuries that we had on the team, mm-hmm. um, you know, the maybe there was growth there that we didn't necessarily uh, know that the opportunity would be as great as it was. And, and she certainly, Dorka made uh, uh, an awful lot out of the opportunity uh, that came her way. And so I think what you know, as we sat 40 minutes from, uh, you know, being in the semifinals, um, that that's what we really reflected on was that the excitement that we had, that we did this, you know, we grew and evolved as a team with our stated goal of focusing on youth and focusing on the future and people that would be with us in the future. Uh, and, and that was, uh, one of the biggest success, success stories of the season. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And with all of that said too, you, you just mentioned it, you guys ended up not only reaching the playoffs again or, or returning to the playoffs, but, but you, you took the, the, you know, the only series in the first round to, to three games to, you, you took a, a tough Connecticut team to, to three games. What, what were your thoughts overall on, on maybe how the, the second half of the year uh, transpired and, and ultimately that playoff run, but also the, the whole year as a, as in, in a totality. Yeah, if I could uh, just sort of walk through, you know, the season mm-hmm. as we, as we know the beginning of our season, uh, there was, you know, I know as a staff we felt a, a great deal of uncertainty around exactly who we were and what we were going to be good at, and so we knew it would be an evolution and that we were going to be focused on development. And and if you think about being in training camp, um, as as we came out of training camp and prepared for our our say our first you know few weeks of the season. We didn't have any idea up until the last day of, of training camp. So when the rosters were due, who exactly was going to be on the team? And so that was sort of uncharted territory for us. You know, we typically resolve that uh, a week in advance and you have your last week to really drill down and prepare. And, uh, and so we just, you know, that opportunity, you know, wasn't there for us this season. Um, as we made some, you know, decisions around the roster and, and then as we, you know, we hit the go button and, you know, and, and then the lights come on, um, we're playing games and, and sort of learning about the team on the fly. Mm-hmm. They're learning about each other as a staff, we're learning about them and what are we good at? You know, what are our strengths going to be? We had to make multiple pivots, you know, in terms of, okay, um, you know, this is what Fee is going to be good at. Here's let's do this with K Mac and let's and so we just on the fly, uh, we're we're kind of living in that space and you know as as was documented, you know the early season um, losses sort of piled up and you know I think the thing for all of us that we again you know tried not to focus on results. Uh, what we were focused on is that you know we felt like we were right there that the team felt like that. I think as a staff we felt like that. Uh, that, you know, if we just kind of keep, you know, staying the course and, and, and focus on, you know, just developing and improving. And, and, and that's, that means improving as a coaching staff in terms of what we were doing with the team and, uh, and obviously players getting more comfortable with each other. I think we lost, you know, of those games that we lost, uh, many of them were by five or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I think the success of the remainder of the season uh, was largely where we sort of had shortcomings in the beginning, which was we won a lot of games that were decided by five or less after that uh, slow start. Uh, so at, on the season, we ended up, you know, really flipping that narrative and, and being a team that that found success, probably, I would imagine, because of what we learned early in the season. And, and that's kind of what our team was about. Um, you know, I said this a lot that uh, though we were winless through the first six games, uh, if you showed up to the gym and, and were around our team, you would never know it. Uh, and that was also really important to us that, you know, the players in terms of uh, the mood and, you know, I think as a coaching staff, you know, just being very forward thinking and, and, and flushing, you know, any, anything that didn't go our way, turn the page to the next day. Uh, and, and then, you know, we, we had injuries, et cetera. Unfortunately, the position that, uh, we probably need the most stability. You know, we had the most turnover in terms of injuries and people in and out. And that was the point guard position. And, and, and so I think despite all of that, uh, you know, the leadership and evolution of Nafisa Collier was just incredible to, to be around. Uh, she was just spectacular. And, you know, I think there were a fair amount of people, uh, prognosticators when they looked at, 
the projection for the Lynx. I don't know that they saw uh, Nafisa being able to achieve that level for and, and, and be able to carry our team the way that she did. Um, you know, Fee and I saw that and saw that as a possibility. And, and uh, you know, certainly our success hinged upon uh, her development, you know, to, to be an MVP candidate the way that she was, to be a top five player the way that she was. And, uh, and it was fun to be around. I think uh, that her teammates got a lot of energy off of her and the things that she was doing. And she's just a tremendous teammate and a, a tremendous superstar. And uh, it just sort of lifted the play uh, around uh, around her. And and uh, we just grew in our confidence and our belief in, in what was possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of talking about, about Fee a little bit, that, that leads into my next question. Um, I had talked to... I had her husband Alex on on the podcast earlier this year, and and he had mentioned that when they started training this off season, working with you know Chuck Barta and, and just kind of checking in throughout uh, the the past off season, or I guess right after she did give birth, um, you know they both didn't know if she was going to return to form. Not only did she turn return to form, but she took another step this year. It seemed like what about her as a, as a leader and and as a player? What what maybe stood out to you most about her this year and and what she was able to do? Well, I think the, you know, as she always does, the grace with which she handled all that was thrown her way. You mentioned what Alex sort of discussed. And, you know, when you go through that, you know, people don't realize, you know, when, when you're you know, a tremendous uh, athlete that, you know, you also you also go through times of uncertainty yourself mm-hmm. uh, about what's going to be possible. It's uncharted territory for someone, uh, you know, had, had her first child and, and didn't really know what was next. And and, in, and had some physical challenges as a result of it. And, and, and so her off season was not just, Hey, let me get back in the gym and let's, let me figure out how to be great again. Uh, a lot of her off season was figuring out how to feel healthy again. Mm-hmm. And, and she had some obstacles there and, and that coupled with, you know, being able to improve her game. And I just think the fortitude um, and the resilience that it takes, you know, to, to do that in a short period of time, we're, we're talking about a, a five month window. And, and, and honestly, I, I said that, you know, our, our season sort of turned when, when Fee uh, left the space of maybe being unsure uh, of how good she is to deciding, like, I put this time in this preparation in, and I'm, I'm a good player. Mm-hmm. And I said, when she started acting like our best player, then everything changed for our team. And she was spectacular. And the number of 30 point games that she had and, uh, and just didn't matter, you know. I mean, we saw in Game Three of of our 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 series with Connecticut where they were double and triple teaming her, and, and she still, uh, I believe, had twenty nine on them, and 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 a, a very good defensive team. And so I think that was just sort of an exclamation point on on her incredible season and the ways in which that she challenges uh, a defense. And you know, I think. Uh, I think one of the greatest wins in, in my time, so 14 seasons, and we had uh, a, a lot of great series wins uh, along the way on this path. Um, the the game two win in Connecticut is right up there with some of my favorite all-time wins. Uh, what we did in Connecticut and, and, and the role that Fee played in that, uh, again, her belief in herself and her teammates and her will, and um, she just has it in, a, in an unflappable way about her that, you know, she doesn't really ever get sped up too much. She doesn't really ever, you know, get too high, too low. And that's just a gift. And, and that's why uh, 
you know, she was such a great leader for us this season. And, and frankly, she took another step from a leadership standpoint. She really had to put herself in spaces that maybe she hadn't been in before, or maybe that were occupied by somebody else. And that was to be uh, very clearly our best player and don't, you don't defer to someone because maybe you missed your first three or four shots. That's not how an MVP candidate uh, conducts themselves. They conduct themselves that, look, this is a privilege and uh, I'm, I'm good enough to know that on most nights that this is going to be great for our team. There are going to be some nights that it's not going to happen the way that you want it. You may not feel as great as maybe you did the last five games, uh, but your role doesn't change. You can't then defer the, the, the leadership that it takes to say, okay, uh, most nights it's going to feel good and, and, you know, I'm going to be able to help our team be successful, but there are going to be the occasions that maybe I was the reason why we weren't successful because I didn't perform at a high enough level. That was game one against Connecticut in, in that series. Uh, and so to see her turn around in game two and correct, and we, you know, we looked at some film together and, you know, just some, some, you know, just very basic conversation and she turned around. So I think that, you know, that playoff series was, was, you know, the FISA, uh, in a nutshell on the season from a leadership standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you also talk about, you know, stepping up, um, and, you know, two players in particular that, that stepped into bigger roles this year were the rookies that we were talking about earlier. I mean, what, just talking about, or, you know, looking at them and in, in the, the season that they had, I mean, they, they, you, you mentioned Diamond, you know, being inserted into the starting lineup since day one, but but maybe Dorka Yuha is taking on a, a, a bigger role initially. Uh, uh, what do you think about about them and and that what what they were able to do in their rookie seasons? Well, we said this to them a lot, you know, in front of the team. I I just thought that they were you know such good rookies for us in that they accepted the the challenges. Look, they knew that this league was hard. They didn't come in here and think, you know, hey, I'm I'm great and uh, I'm I'm going to be better than everybody in the league and 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 they come in with the right mindset. They come in understanding how great the league is and what they were going to have to do to try to find success. And they had um, just ups and downs galore, right? Just like a rookie would. Uh, but the opportunities that they had in difficult situations, for example, with Diamond and 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 Dorka. Uh, but we were really a little bit more intentional with Diamond to say, look, we know she's not where she needs to be defensively. That was something coming out of college. We knew not a lot of man-to-man was played uh, with her in college. Uh, she she had some some real challenges there. And you look at some of the matchups that we had, uh, particularly to start the season, we put her on team's best players on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And, and while we knew that maybe that what that matchup wasn't maybe in the short term going to be the best for us, we really felt like it was it was, it was our doing our due diligence to say, let her learn, let her fail, let her learn and, and, and get and get the feeling, not a coach telling her that, hey, and you're sitting on the bench over here and go, hey, you're sitting on the bench because we don't think you can do X, Y, Z. It's a lot easier to put that player on the court and go, OK, now do you see what we're talking about? And so now it's easier for them to envision uh, what it feels like and the work necessary to, to improve. And, uh, and so we did that with diamond from day one. And I thought that her, her growth, that was really fun to see. 
uh, some of the challenges, you know, that she would really started to embrace. And she's a very, very competitive person and doesn't want to fail in anything, not even for a, a small drill. Uh, and those are signs of, of, of a really good player. And I think Dorka was probably a little bit more of a revelation uh, in that um, we put her on a variety of, of skilled post players. And so that ranged anywhere from the sizable post players, obviously because she is 6'5 uh, and, and can play big. So she had your BGs, your Aaliyah Boston types. Um, she she was phenomenal on the matchup with Neko Gumake, who uh, poses different uh, skill set than maybe those two bigs. Uh, and then and then uh, guarding Brianna Stewart or a Dewana Bonner. And, and just seeing what you could do defensively with her was a bit of a revelation for us. Uh, and, and the ways that we could use her, you could switch. Uh, Dork was very comfortable in that situation. And, um, and, and just within a game, <laughs> we had so much fun with Dorka. And, and there were times I just, when she would walk out of a timeout and I would just giggle uh, because of what we were doing to her, you know, saying, okay, in the first five minutes is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, by the time we get to the third quarter and she's like, what, now you want me to do what, you know? And so but whatever we gave her, she did. You know, we said, okay, we're going to, we're going to play it this way this time. Now you're going to play the pick and roll like this. Now you're going to play it this way on her, but different on her. Uh, and I know she was drained by season then, <laughs> uh, but it was, that was probably for the coaching staff. That was refreshing uh, to see that, you know, you could put a player and her, her maturity, you know, her emotional maturity is really high. Dorcas is and her, her preparation. Um, you know, she, she was another one that really had this, never too high, never too low, just a really quiet confidence. And, uh, you know, just, just a really healthy, um, I think season for her where she, she too sort of felt like she now has understanding of what she needs to work on because she experienced it firsthand. And so again, positives for our season is, you know, we found a certain level of success, uh, while growing, uh, with, with two, two of our rookies. Mm-hmm. Were there, was there anything that maybe it was the, you know, performances of, of the rookies, maybe his fee taking another step, you know, whatever it may be. Were there any surprises for you that, that you maybe learned throughout the year that you didn't expect to happen at the beginning of the year? With the rookies or with the team? Just with, with anybody with the team, whether it's individually wise or, or even the team. Uh, you know, I would say that uh, not surprised, but, but happy uh, that we could, uh, I'll, McBride is the person I, it's probably the one mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't expect me to talk, to talk about because she's the, you know, the 30 year old vet. Um, but, but she was the one that, uh, we thought that her, you know, her, her first season with us was a really solid season where she kind of got in and learned and, you know, our team was really good. We finished third and et cetera. And you know, we lost in a single elimination game. Uh, 2022 was a lot harder for us as a team. And I think in particular for uh, McBride and I think the year three of her three-year contract, uh, what we saw from her is exactly what we needed to see, uh, which was, I just thought she grew tremendously from a leadership standpoint and, and the ways in which she was giving, and I'll tell you what, it was a big help to uh, fee, you know, to, to have someone that uh, I say that she's twice the veteran that fee is, she's been in the league twice as long. Uh, as fee. And so she was helpful to fee maybe in ways that nobody else else in the team could be because we had so much youth or inexperience on the big stage. Um, and so, so, 
you know, K-Mac has been through it all. You know, she's been in playoff series and, and been on a great team. And, and she's also been on the other side of things. And she was in San Antonio when, when that team struggled in her first two years as a young player. So her, her range of experiences were really valuable to this team. And I didn't necessarily mark that down as a thing that we were going to be, you know, something we could count on. Uh, so I was uh, really pleased and, and to see that, uh, that, that she was willing, you know, to give of herself in that way, because guess what? There's, you know, there's times when maybe you go, um, I, I, I would like to be competing for a championship. I'd like to be on a team that, you know, is, is a contender. And going into the season, we clearly were not a contender. I don't think anybody that was in our camp said, you know, yep, that we're, we're, we're definitely top two. And, you know, we didn't know what we could be. And, and so I think for someone like Kayla McBride uh, to embrace where her feet were and that's in the team that she's with and, and to give of herself in the ways that she did, because a lot of times veterans can kind of see the young players as the same way that maybe an old dog sees a puppy and it's annoying and you wish that they would learn a little faster and wish you wish they'd go away sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, the things, the things that you see and, and she just stood in it every, every second and, and just, I think grew, grew as a person. And I think she'll tell you that. And, and so I'd say that's probably uh, where I, I would, I would put that in terms of, uh, you know, something that we were hoping she was capable of. And, and again, I thought a big contributor to our success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people always, you know, talk about, about K-Mac and what, what she can do offensively. Obviously that's, that goes without, uh, without mentioning, you know, her ability on offense, but the thing, you know, you even talked about it throughout the year of, of her, you know, being put on the other team's best player most of the time and, and doing a nice job in shutting them down. I think that that's something too that, that maybe didn't, you know, it maybe not internally didn't go, um, you know, unnoticed, but, you know, externally, maybe that's something that people didn't realize she could, you know, she could do. And, and she did a great job in that this year, which I think that that two-way play from her was, was really, really a nice um, you know, development that took place throughout the year. Yeah, I think she did that for us in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably we didn't talk about it as much, but I think we, uh, she was a, a revelation for us in 2021. I don't necessarily know that she came here with the cloud of uh, people going, oh yeah, she's she's a really good defender. It's not that she wasn't, but I think mm-hmm. it was sort of understated. Uh, 2022, we didn't get that level of play from, from KMAC and a lot of the others. Uh, and so I thought KMAC got back to the defender and the prideful player uh, that she is on that end of the floor. And, and she, you know, I think she recognized how much the team needed her uh, just in terms of, again, just the, you know, seeing someone like fee, you just want to, you want to play with and for fee, you know, like, and, and so she, I thought she helped bring that out of K-Mac as well. And, and uh, K-Mac just has great confidence. There are certain matchups that she really enjoys mm-hmm. and they're the harder ones. And, and they're not necessarily the small forward spot where, where diamond uh, would be. There's a lot of good perimeter players in this league. And, and uh, you know, there were some matchups that, that she just was really special and, and uh, you know, she really committed to and has years of experience in doing. And, and I thought it was, was uh, you know, not, not surprising to us that she was doing that. We were, we were glad that she got back to doing that like she did for us uh, a little more in 2021. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a, a moment during the year when um, it was after the, so there was a back-to-back, uh, two straight back-to-backs against Seattle and Dallas. And I know after the the first Seattle game, it was a home game. And I remember somebody asked her post-game about, you know, 
you know, facing Jewel Lloyd and Arike in back to back. And before they even finish the question, she goes, Jewel, Jewel, Arike, Arike. And, she, <laughs> and that that's just K-Mac. She, she was ready for it. She embraced the challenge. And, and that's that's something that 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 speaks volumes to that, that she is as excited to to match up against them as as we are to watch it, I guess. Yeah. And, and you're not going to be successful every time against those, those mm-hmm. two players that you mentioned, but, right. um, but I, you know, the game in Seattle, you know, the, the overtime game, uh, it was K-Max play, you know, that defensively that, you know, the little things that help you win a game, you know, that, that aren't little and that, and that we hope that we have players that do these things, but just the inbound pass that mm-hmm. Seattle was trying to make on their final possession after we had just scored at the fee had just hit her shot. Um, uh, we we had to get a stop and and uh, you know you know that if they get the ball in bounds and you have to live with whether or not Jewel Lloyd makes one of those hard shots that she's really good at and uh, to break up the play to where you know they they created a little bit of miscommunication you know because of of her that's the epitome of what K Mac brings and understands you know that maybe her physical gifts are not going to be imposing to people her positioning her quick hands her will. Uh, that sort of thing. That's, um, you know, something that uh, w- was healthy for our team. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, of shifting focus now, obviously with, with the off season underway. Um, what, what are your hopes, I guess, for, for this off season um, and, you know, kind of that, that period leading up to, to next year? Yeah. I mean, we're still early in the off season, mm-hmm. but we, we, you know, certainly, you know, had some discussions as a staff, you know, really throughout the season as, as you go through it and, and you kind of go, okay, you know, it's as, as you go into game three uh, against Connecticut and just not having quite enough firepower to get over the hump in that game. I mean, Connecticut's obviously a very good team and have been for years. I believe that's their fifth straight uh, semifinals that they advanced mm-hmm. to, uh, which was pretty impressive. And and uh, in order for us to win, we needed another another player that could that could help. I mean, just that game would have been great to have a second player, as we saw in game two, where mm-hmm. McBride and Collier, whenever they whenever they played great, we were successful. And, and McBride was having a harder time against Rebecca Allen. You know, they changed the matchup. Uh, you know, it was Tiffany Hayes on her. They moved her off. They put Allen. Allen was just a little bit uh, different for K-Mac, and it became a little bit harder for her to get shots. And when she did, they just didn't fall. Um, you know, we needed someone else to be able to score the ball. I mean, that's an understatement, right? If you were at the game, <laughs> mm-hmm. that was an understatement. Uh, right. You know, if he was trying to do it by herself. And and so I think that's probably uh, the biggest thing. I mean, there's certainly, you could drill down and, and say, you know, there's a, a bunch of things you want to get better at. Uh, but we want to kind of stay the course of the, the, the path that we committed to last off season, which uh, we talked about, you know, there were some free agents that we were involved with. Uh, we didn't have any, uh, you know, grand illusions that we would be uh, landing, uh, you know, Brianna Stewart and and John Quill Jones or Courtney Vandersloot. You know, there there was a free agent of that group that we we felt good about because of the year prior, mm-hmm. uh, and so. Uh, but when those three decided to play together, then then, uh, you know, that's that obviously kind of took us out of it. Uh, but when that was decided for us, when our direction was decided for us. You know, we, we sort of said that, look, hey, if you get these free agents, OK, you know what you're doing. If you don't, you know what you're doing. So if you don't get these free agents, you're you're locked in and you're focused on uh, being forward thinking and, and and being having some young players that you now focus on developing. And so that's where we're at uh, as we go into this offseason is that 
we need Diamond Miller and Dorka Juhas to improve. Um, and, and so our focus is on how we can help them improve the information that we've given them, uh, the ways that we'll, we'll support them. Uh, that, that will be big for us as we also know, uh, we will, we will try to, you know, have a player in the draft that can be a part of what we're doing. Uh, that, that will be important to us. We can't obviously determine, uh, just yet who's in the draft to know how deep it is or how deep it's not, um, and so, but, but the draft is certainly going to be uh, pivotal for us. Uh, so we're going to work really, really hard on that. Uh, and then free agency is, you know, something we will look at. You know, I'll just tell you, we won't overreach. We, we won't put ourselves in a situation that, um, you know, where you look at and go, okay, it's, it's a stopgap. Why'd you do that? Um, you know, there's probably one position that we would consider when we say a stopgap, meaning, you know, maybe it's somebody that, that you know is not going to be with you for a year or two. Um, and, but maybe we, we feel like it's, it's uh, a necessity. Um, but again, making sure that we don't overreach financially, you know, that will be a priority for us. Uh, but by and large, we really want to focus on, um, you know, players that will be a part of the future, you know, as, as you can see a, a vision over the next three to five seasons, you know, what, how, what we can grow into and, uh, you know, there's, you know, I don't think any need for me to talk about free agent names, but mm-hmm. I think for us more positionally, you know, we, we have you know, certainly a focus that, that uh, will be probably obvious to anyone that's watched our team. <laughs> mm-hmm. When it comes to that, you, you kind of talked about, you know, with the development of the rookies, um, that, that kind of leads into my next question of what, you know, are, is that maybe the biggest factor that, that you're looking forward to, you know, transpiring this off season, you know, leading up to the time you get the, the team back together for training camp or what, I guess, what is maybe some, some key factors that, that you're kind of watching this off season? Uh, we're just watching a lot of players and mm-hmm. again, our own players and, yep. and trying to be in communication with them as, as you know, they've started their uh, off season play, or if they're not overseas, then, then certainly the ways that we can support them and, in their, you know, their growth from a sports performance standpoint, um, you know, whether it's um, whether they're taking care of their bodies, how they're going to grow their bodies and be able to be different than what they were the year before. Um, so certainly resources that way. And then, and then the skill development and, you know, making sure that like I thought Diamond Miller really improved as a shooter throughout the course of her rookie season. And Diamond was really receptive to, um, you know, sort of uh, tweaking uh, her form and her mechanics and her shot and, you know, made a subtle adjustment. And, and I think, you know, what you, what you look at is go, can you just make in- incremental progress? You can't. And I told both of the, the, the young players, the, the rookies that this isn't about, yeah, there's probably 10 or 12 things you could say, I need to be better in this, but you can't look at it that way in your first off season, you have to pick one or two things and you've got to make real strides in those areas and then the year after that, you do the same thing. And so you see this as an evolution over time. The player that you are after year five uh, should should be, um, as, as you sort of outlined, year one, year two, year three. By the time you get to year five, you're much closer to the player you want to be. Well, you look at Nafisa Collier, she's, she's that player. Mm-hmm. And so now she's in the next uh, five years of her career. And what does she want to do next? Well, now it's about her body. It's about what she wants to do strength-wise, agility-wise, you know, skill-wise, she's a great player. Yeah, she's going to add some, you know, more consistent shooting or maybe some ball handling and that basic stuff. 
but you look at where Diamond is and where Fee is. And so Diamond and Dorka, their starting place, just get better at one or two things. And and for Diamond, through the course of her rookie season, you know, the three ball went from uh, percentage in the 20 percentile to uh, her last 15 games, she shot 35 percent. Uh, I believe her last seven games was in the range of 40 percent from three. And it was a subtle adjustment that she made. And so her willingness to do those things, her willingness to understand, I mean, she very quickly kind of figured out that, okay, look, I'm a starter. So therefore I'm a part of a team's scouting report. This isn't like the normal rookie thing where you're coming off the bench and nobody knows who the hell you are or what you do. And so you find success anyway. Well, no, you're, you're a part of the scouting report and they know you like to go to the basket. They have, you're on, you're on video. You're, you're a focal point. So now you got to figure out, okay, I can't get to the basket like I like to do. Or if I do get to the basket, I got to finish differently. Uh, I can't, you know, these wide, low finishes that I, that I did in college with great success and I've done for most of my life, I can't do that in the pros. And that's really what, you know, you know being a professional is about is, you know, you're good enough to be here, but these are the best of the best. And so now you got to figure out, okay, I still am going to go to the basket. But now I got my finishes. They got to be much higher. I got to reach for the rim in my finishes. And the moments that she did that, she was really good. And, and she got to the foul line or finished as well. And, and so those those two things were, I thought, really big for her as, as she started to you know, go down the path of improvement. So she'll continue to work on that. Um, both both Diamond and Dorka, we've talked about you know, defensively what they need to be able to be, um, particularly with Diamond, uh, a focus and and Dorka has some stated goals in terms of her improvement offensively. Um, you know, she would like to be able to evolve a little bit more with some touches uh, on the post, which we didn't do any of. Uh, so hopefully we'll, you know, we'll find some ways because, I mean, you look, you have Duana Bonner guarding her, you know, in, in, uh, in the playoffs. Well, that reminded me of Becky Hammond guarding Maya Moore in her rookie season mm-hmm. uh, where we said, Maya Moore, that can never happen again. You can never let Duana Bonner or, or Becky Hammond guard you. Um, and, and so, because they knew that Maya wasn't going to go to the block and it wasn't going to be uh, a good space. Well, look what Maya Moore became. She became a great, you know, post-up player and had her moves. And, and so that same thing, you know, hopefully, uh, for Dorka where you go, okay, I can never let that happen again. You know, where, you know, teams played me with a perimeter player so that they could put uh, a post player, you know, a, a different matchup on the fee. Well, she wants to be more valuable, uh, in that way. And, you know, I certainly have my my wishes or our staff has our wishes with regard to uh, really every player on the team becoming a little bit better shooting the basketball. Um, you know, you know, Dorka being able to do that in her position would, would be incredibly valuable to us. Mm-hmm. I, I know you had, you, you just mentioned, and obviously the, the off season is still, still in it's, you know, it, it's very early yet. Um, but, you know, looking ahead to, to 2024, there's a lot to transpire before then. But ultimately, what what do you hope, um, you know, this team is able to accomplish next season? Well, that's hard to know. I mean, mm-hmm. I you know, what I hope is that we continue to improve, mm-hmm. you know, look at the team we were this year. And, you know, that being said, I mean, we were a really interesting team analytically, um, you know, where we I think uh, analytics say we won more games than what we what we should have. Uh, and so maybe there was a little bit of luck involved, but I also felt like there was a little bit of bad luck in the first six games. So I thought we were, you know, we were an interesting um, case, I think, analytically. And, you know, which numbers do we believe? And so we'll go into next season with um, some cautious optimism um, in that, you know, we know that we 
every year, you know, that you're together, you can't be the same as you were the year before. You've got to be better. And so we'll certainly have that as a mindset, um, whether it was the same players, you know, the same players coming back, you, you've got to be better as a unit. Uh, or, you know, if you if you've made additions to your team, um, the players that are returning, you know, they've got to make their strides and improvement. You'd have to work in, you know, players that maybe weren't a part of the system that now become a part of it. Uh, just just be on a path of growth. I think that's what the thing that we're most committed to. And, you know, it's hard to know what that means because you don't know what happens around you with regard to improvement of other teams. Mm-hmm. You know, but for us, you know, we're, we're trying to focus on ourselves and a path that we want to be on, a, a patient path of uh, continual improvement. Well, Cheryl, I, I really appreciate you taking some time and, and joining uh, to jump on the podcast, talk about everything. And uh, I wish you best of luck this off season. And uh, I'll definitely see you around uh, once once the new season approaches. Thanks, Mitchell. Always great right. to talk to you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you once again to Cheryl for joining the podcast this week. As I mentioned before, the interview with Cheryl, it's always great sitting down and chatting with her. She's always so gracious with her time. Um, answers the questions, um, you know, as as well as she she does during the season, um, and, and she always uh, takes the time, and she's very gracious with um, the time that that she does take to to interview. So I appreciate everything that um, she provided for for the podcast, uh, provided during that interview, um, and continues to provide uh, myself and, and others who who want to cover this team and cover this league. So thank you once again to Cheryl. I also want to give a shout out to Jeremy Rushing for pr- producing this podcast every week, as I do. Uh, most weeks, or I, I guess every week, um, Jeremy does a great job in the back end of producing his podcast. Um, and and I, as I always say, he always makes me uh, sound less crazy than I, I, I might are, might be. So I, <laughs> I appreciate Jeremy and all he does for this podcast. Um, and I also want to give an update about our podcast. Um, don't worry, we're not going anywhere. Um, I just want to uh, give a little bit of a, a scheduling update. Um, we posted this on social media um, over the last week, but... With the off-season underway, we are going to be shifting um, the podcast format for the off-season months, or at least through the rest of this calendar year. We'll see what happens when free agency starts up. Um, but starting November, um, we're going to be posting on a monthly basis instead of a weekly basis. Um, so that'll for sure be uh, November, December. We'll see about January, like I said, once uh, free agency uh, picks back up. Um, we will um, kind of you know adjust at, at that time. And even though we're going to be doing it on a monthly basis, that doesn't mean that there's there won't be emergency podcasts. Something happens that we need to talk about. I will definitely be talking about that. I'll be jumping on the podcast um, and giving that additional podcast. So I just want to give an update on, on that. Um, like I said, don't worry, we're not going anywhere. Once the season, once activities start to ramp up again, we'll start to do it on a weekly basis as we did all year long. Um, but as things kind of slow down, um, we're going to transition from a weekly to a monthly podcast for at least the months of November and December and possibly January as well. But more updates on that to come. Um, I will make sure that you guys know uh, first about what you know what's going on with the podcast, when it'll start back up on a weekly basis, and, and so on. So one other way you can get a lot of that news um, before anybody else, I, I let my patrons know. Um, last week of the the change in the format, as well as have been providing them with exclusive um, stories all off-season long, is go check out our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. There's, like I said, you'll get a lot of information before anybody else. You'll get information that other people don't get, that I don't release to the public, or they don't write in in any other written content or any other website. Um, You'll get, you know, exclusive um, stories. You'll get exclusive information. 
Um, you'll get early access to podcasts. You'll get bonus content. You'll get, um, you know, you'll have the ability to send me feedback. Um, you get discounts that are hitting the hardwood store. You get a lot of different perks uh, with just becoming a patron. Um, so go check that out, patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Um, that is where you'll get a lot of that information. You can find a, a seven-day free trial, or you can try a seven-day free trial. If you like that, um, then consider maybe you know purchasing a membership. Um, and anything you can do, I definitely appreciate, um, and it helps with ensuring longevity of this podcast, making sure that you know I, I you know I don't ask for much, but I you know just a little bit of support to this podcast um, will help with with the time and the efforts that is necessary to to make it a good podcast and make it good coverage. So I appreciate anything you can do, anything you can contribute. Um, and uh, visit that and more at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Um, with that said, I, I want to thank you all for listening, as you do all, all year long, as you have every week um, throughout the year. Um, like I said, we're not going anywhere. We're just going to be shifting to a, a monthly basis. Um, I, I want to give a shout-out to our, our partners in Homage and Better Edge, um, as I always do, for, for their support. I want to give a, a shout-out to all of you listeners for your support all year long. Um, and it's been, a, like I said a couple weeks ago, this is probably my favorite year um, covering this team and doing what I do just because of the different uh, forms of content I've been able to do and, and the ways I've been able to push it out. So that's thanks to you. That's thanks to everybody who listens every week. That's thanks to people who interact with me on Twitter. Check out our Patreon page. Um, you know, everything in between. Um, it's, it's because of you guys that, that this is possible. So I appreciate everything that you do. Um, and as I said, we'll be starting up here on a monthly basis. We'll start at the beginning of, of the month, probably each. I'm uh, still going to planning to, as of now, doing the first Tuesday of each month. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Well, it'll be just that week will be the same format as, as we have, um, you know, on a weekly basis throughout the year. Podca podcast will come out on a, a Tuesday. Um, and then we just, uh, we'll do that, um, you know, the first Tuesday of every month. So. With that said, I will. That means we're going to be talking to you next week, um, November seventh. We'll have a have a podcast. Um, it's crazy to think it's already November, but um, we're already there. And November seventh will be um, the first podcast. So um, yeah, that that'll be coming up here shortly. And and I'm excited about the guests that we have on that podcast as well. So we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening, and I hope you all have a great week. Bye.